just wobble goo with the green teeth. Let me in. And now, my friend, the first rule of Italian driving. What's behind me is not important. Studying, studying, studying. Here comes Cooper out of that outside move again. Cooper, outside. Can he pull the move? Matt Cooper with a brilliant move on the outside. Never seen that done through Mosses. And look at the run that Matt Cooper has. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show of record, the show that matters, and of course, the show that puts you on pole position for news, commentary, and opinion in the world of motorcycle road racing. Yes, you are back for episode number 47 of Rumble Strip Radio. As always, I am your host, The Duke, and it is with pleasure that I do welcome you back to the show. Would like to say uh, welcome to everyone who's new to the show. And uh, of course, as I said, welcome back to all those who've been here before and continue to come back and um, enjoy the show. Um, I apologize for getting the, this show out so late in the week. I had uh, intended to get it out Tuesday or Wednesday. A um, lot of stuff going on around the, around the fortress here in Little Baghdad, including some contractors who are taking forever in my backyard putting in my new, uh, my new patio. And uh, so they've had all kinds of equipment noise going on, cutting up cement and doing some other things. So, in fact, you may hear, still hear a little bit of it. It was supposed to be done yesterday. They're still here today. Uh, let's not get me started. So, in a bit of a time crunch today, uh, as I got to get out of here to go announce down at Milan Dragway. So, if the show seems a bit rushed, uh, not near as in-depth as, um, as I like to go, and I may not have a chance to do uh, my apologies will do better for you next week. Although, this will be a good show because I did get to talk to the person I've been wanting to talk to uh, for a while on uh, Monday afternoon. Got a chance um, to do an interview with, for about uh, about 20 minutes with Toby Moody. So, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll, uh, we'll have that interview for you. Very excited to have that. Uh, Tony had a lot of, or, excuse me, Tony. Toby had a lot of good things to say. And, um, well... We'll uh, we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. Got to talk about uh, AMA Superbike that was at Fontucky last week and um, World Superbike at Assen. Of course, MotoGP is at Shanghai. In fact, uh, first uh, uh, the free practice has already gone on today. And uh, amazingly, the Hondas found a little power. Uh, who was on top? Think about it. Marco Melandri, I think, was on top in uh, in the free practice. 201 and, and some change. Uh, Casey Stoner, who you would have figured to have been the quickest by a lot, was down in sixth, although I think he was quick in the morning in the first session. But the top uh, 15 or 16 guys are all within a second. So here we go again with another uh, tight uh, tight race, possibly. But let's uh, let's jump into this thing and um, and take care of business here. First off, the 
the administrative stuff, of course, uh, all feedback is always welcome, and I'd like to thank people for uh, continuing to send feedback this week. Uh, rumblestripradio at gmail.com is where you can send all your feedback. Of course, the website is www.rumblestripradio.com. You can subscribe to the show there on the site, um, either through an RSS link uh, or through the iTunes Music Store, whichever you prefer. have both of them there for you. Um, Still forgot to see who wrote uh, uh, the additional comments in the iTunes store, but I do appreciate, like I said in the last show, I do appreciate that. And if more of you could do that, that would be uh, even more appreciated, and I will uh, make an effort to um, give you a call out uh, by name if I can. Of course, the uh, the usual stuff, if you can do some searching uh, on the site using the uh, Google Google stuff there, of course, uh, I still have the eMusic store up there for 25 free tunes through eMusic. We do get a bit of a bounty for that, so if you care to for some free music, and um, it's all DRM free over there. Good stuff. Got some got some really good stuff over there. And I'm sure there's lots more stuff um, administrative-wise, but as I said, I'm you know kind of going in a hurry here. Got my notes here. Don't have them all typed up. Have them handwritten, so it might be a little bit out of order. I do want to send out uh, a couple of good well uh, get well wishes. Uh, first off, to my compatriot on the compost list, former racing uh, person. Though I was never well, I guess I was a semi-official member of uh, Dark Horse Racing uh, as a crew member, though not as a full-on race member. But that was fine. Uh, my friend Jeff Chen uh, was injured at the Topeka round. Um, it was a CCS weekend, but it was also the opening weekend of the USGPRU series, uh, which he had intended to run full on. And during qualifying on Saturday, I believe towards the end of it, Jeff was uh, pushing hard, uh, trying to get a good time, and was high-sided. I guess he uh, went skyward pretty well, came down, and uh, had a compression fra- fracture on his T12 vertebra, uh, chipped off a little bit. I'm not sure if it was that one or, or another one. And uh, actually got lodged in his spine. Thankfully, um, he regained feeling in his legs relatively quickly. Uh, but he did have to have surgery on Sunday out in um, out in Kansas City or yeah, Topeka, wherever the general Topeka area is. And I believe, as I record this today on Friday morning, he is scheduled to come back to Chicago on Saturday. Um, so uh, get well wishes to Jeff. He seems to be in reasonably good spirits. He's Got his uh, BlackBerry going uh, 100 miles an hour, te- uh, you know, sending emails and texting people. So uh, he seems to be in relatively good spirits, and we're hoping that Jeff makes a full recovery and uh, can get back to racing soon. Also, want to uh, also send out some get well wishes to uh, Mark Brereton, also known as Mark B on the Weirra board. Uh, he uh, he uh, crashed, I believe, it was down at Barber. Uh, unfortunately, he did not fare as well. Looks like uh, he is paralyzed from the waist down or from the par- partially in his chest down, um, and I'm not sure that he's going to be able to recover th- from that. Um, though from from the notes I've seen on the Weirra board, he seems to be in very good spirits, uh, very good outlook, and, and in a sense is using Vin- Vincent Haskovec as, uh, as inspiration, seeing how well Vincent has done. Uh, he feels he can do at least as good. Um, so we'll see. There's uh, there's some auctions and some stuff going on off the Weira board to to help Mark out. So I would encourage you to uh, head on over to the Weira message board and um, you know participate a little bit, maybe bid on some stuff and help uh, help a racer out. And a, and a really good guy and someone who's uh, you know one of the one of the mainstays on the Weira board. On to some uh, on to some good news. 
the it was announced what today's Friday, so Wednesday, I believe it was that that Carl Fogarty and MV are trying to get together to run a World Superbike team in 08. They've signed tentative agreement that if they can come up with the sponsorship, they will go forward and doing it. Now, here's the thing. Um, in some other things that weren't in the press release, uh, Fogarty says he needs three to three and a half million pounds to pull this off in sponsorship, which for U.S. people, that's seven, seven and a half million dollars for our friends in Europe, a euro equivalent of, I believe, five and a half to six million euros. I believe my calculations are correct on that. So we'll see if that actually goes down. Um, you know, it'd be good to see MV involved, good to see Fogarty back involved. MV wanting to use Foggy just because he has everything set up. You know, he has the infrastructure to deal with everything here. We'll, we'll see if it goes down. Here's hoping, but given, excuse me, given the state of how sponsorship is in motorcycles these days, getting better, but nowhere near where it needs to be. We'll see if it, if it uh, gets pulled off. Um, Ronald Tenkata is, or maybe it was Garrett Tenkata, one, any, one of the Tenkatas was, um, has been talking up about going to MotoGP again, um, as a, as a, not that they would step away from World Supersport and World Superbike, which they view as their core business, um, seeing as how they do, they build bikes and sell bikes, uh, for people who do want to run in Supersport and Superbike and, and associated parts, um, um, that go along with that, and even for street bike stuff. But uh, MotoGP would be um, yet another division of their company. They obviously um, are looking to keep James Toslin with them and make a step up. Now, obviously, have the relationship with Honda. Would they stay at Honda if they go to MotoGP? Who knows? Um, you know, would they be a Suzuki, Suzuki Kawasaki satellite team? Seems more likely, um, given that Honda's already supporting uh, seven seven motorcycles out there right now. So we'll see. Um, there's an interview over on Soupcast uh, with one of the Tenkatas uh, that was pretty good. It's part of a two-parter. I'm not sure if part two is out yet. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So I'll give uh, Dino some credit. Actually, um, props to Glenn Lasano, who I've worked who've uh, I've worked with in the past back in uh, RumbleStrip.net days. He was a contributor to the site, handling all the uh, World Superbike stuff for me. So uh, actually, I'd say Glenn did a did an excellent job in that interview. And and go check it out. Uh, Ilmore released their their press release this week that basically they're done. They well, not that everyone didn't know that everyone was gone from the team. Anyways, uh, the crew chief, one of the crew chiefs uh, from the team, was already working with another team, and various other um, crew members were had uh, filtered all over to other teams as well. So Ilmore is going to sit back, theoretically develop a motor to sell to other people who want to run, but. Seeing as how far down they are in power, we'll see if that ever comes about. Big disaster. And um, actually, Toby talks a little bit about that in our interview. In uh, On uh, MotoGP.com, they're after the flag show uh, that you can, I'm not sure if you can subscribe to that as a podcast, but definitely can get it on their website. Um, this week's show, or last week's show, I guess, uh, not too bad. Had a quick interview with Steve Bonsi that was uh, not too bad. Cocky little kid. Definitely... Um, Got plans for going somewhere, and we'll see if that pans out, but seems like a good kid, and nice to see MotoGP uh, promoting the Americans. Um, let's see. Oh, call out. Well, we can talk about that in uh, when we get to Assen. There's a interview with Gene Hallman from Zoom Motorsports um, on Road Racer X this week, an interview with him, 
talking about uh, the chances of World Superbike coming to Barber. And if you read uh, read the interview, uh, it looks like it's you know essentially a done deal that everyone loves the track and the land. Blah 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 blah. Understand, he is the PR guy behind this, so he's going to be spinning this thing hard. Um, I'm not a hater of Barber. I've never been there, but I know enough people who have been there. Talk to me about it. Talk to racers about this. Um, I still have a lot of reservations with the way the track is laid out. It tends to be a one-line track, et cetera, et cetera. If it happens, great. Um, I would love to see World Superbikes back in the U.S., the facilities of Barber are, you know, are nice. It's a beautiful place. There's still no permanent garages, which he talks about in the um, in the interview. We'll see what happens. So, but uh, good, interesting, interesting read. Um, but I would say for you, it's an, well, I'd say the exercise for you today, uh, when you if you go over and read it, is to filter out the PR spin and then. Or put that filter on as as you read through it, and then send me some feedback. Rumblestripradio at gmail dot com, and let me know what you think. Um, I would say I'd put a show, notes to uh, or link in the show notes to it, but I'm as tight as I am for time this week. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. So maybe later in the week uh, or through the weekend, I will be able to um, update show notes or something. But uh, Road Racer X, just look for that. Uh, RoadRacerX dot com, and uh, and look for that. And. Um, I'm sure there's more news here, but that's what I had scribbled down here on my notes. So uh, here, let's hear from one of the boys in the MPG, and then we will talk about uh, World Superbike at Assen. Listen up, everyone. If you ride a sport bike and you're not listening to the Knee Dragon podcast, you're not getting the whole story. The Knee Dragon podcast is motorcycle talk that doesn't suck. We cover all things sport bike related, from superbike and MotoGP racing to the newest street sport bikes, from riding technique to the latest technology. If it affects our sport, it's in the show. So check it out. www.kneedragon.net So, World Superbikes at uh, one of the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cathedrals of racing, uh, Assen, even though they've screwed up the track by shortening it and stuff like that, still led to some fantastic racing throughout, uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, qualifying in, uh, in Super Bowl was, was interesting and, and a little bit in just that, um, couple people way off the pace. And, um, if you look, just look at the numbers without watching, Super Bowl, you see Nori Haga down in 15th. Actually, Haga looked to be um, having a shot at pole. Uh, unfortunately, he got in a little hot in one of the corners, uh, ran off, and that cost him um, probably a second. So uh, Toslin was on pole, 138.603. Um, Haga's time was you know, more than a second because Haga's 141. So let's say call it two seconds. So let's say it cost him two seconds. He would have been... Second and a half to two seconds, he would have been um, right there. So Super Bowl ended up with Toslin. Um, Lanzi, who all of a sudden found a little speed this weekend. Uh, Bayless, uh, Biagi, Zaus, uh, Corser, Neukirker, Kagiyama, maybe starting to come around a little bit. Uh, that was through row two. Uh, Muggers, Nieto, Rolfo, uh, Jakob Smertz, who seems to be um, finding a little juice this week uh, this weekend. And then uh, Laconi, Brooks, Haga, and Fabrizio. 
um, like I said, a little crunched on time, so not uh, not so much a chance to to break the stat, break the race down. But race one, there's my man Ruben Zaus out in front, leading the race a couple different times. So it's just so cool to see Ruben out there um, cranking it out. Um, rumors, of course, now circulating that he's getting some um, some good parts from Ducati, seeing as how he's shown some speed. Obviously, the uh, the win at Valencia didn't hurt his cause any, and I think he's going to make the most of it. And so uh, Bayless looked like he had some tire problems in in, uh, in race one. He was up there and then um, and then faded back. But uh, race one results, not that anyone hasn't seen this, but uh, Toslin, Haga, who looked phenomenal throughout the weekend. Uh, as we said, Zaus in third, uh, Bayless, Lanzi, like I said, showing a little speed, Biaggi, who... Man, you know, good start, went way to the back, thought about making a charge, and then didn't. Um, so what the, I have no idea what was going on with Max in race one. Kagiyama, as I said, starting to come around. Nieto looked strong for a bit and then faded. Um, Rolfel, Neukirker, Smertz, Fabrizio, Nakatomi, Dean Ellison with some points, um, Svoboda, and uh, Laconi. So, yeah, Laconi... I think that was a really, really, really good decision on um, Kawasaki's part to keep Laconi and can Chris Walker. Laconi's done so well this year. Race two was an absolutely fabulous race. If you have not seen this for some reason, um, you, you got to go find the race, uh, whether through semi-nefarious ways uh, through the BitTorrent or whether you've recorded it and just haven't had a chance to watch it. Race two was a pretty solid race. The last three laps were Phenomenal. I will just say this. They were phenomenal. Um, I will give a call to my boy Zaus again. Uh, looked strong and then lost the front uh, early in the race, four or five laps, and I believe remounted, uh, was trying to charge back up and then uh, lost it again. It crashed. He was out. But uh, Ruben, yeah, not too bad. He had not too bad of a weekend. Uh, but race two, like I said, just the battle between Bayless and Tozel on those last three laps, back and forth. Um, <laughs> some of the lenses on there were pretty long, so you lose that uh, depth of field. And so you're like, eh, whoa, where did he come from? How the hell did he get in front? Some interesting lines by some of the guys. Uh, Haga had some interesting lines trying to get around people at uh, different places. But um, it was just, uh, it was good. But um, then Haga had a motor blow up, it looks like, or some kind of electronic problem, and he was out. So... But uh, race two ends up Bayless by .009 at the stripe, so not even half a wheel. Um, taking out James Toslin, who just missed out on the first double ever. He's never taken a double win in World Superbike. That was about as close as you get. And then Max Biaggi decides to make an appearance in um, in race two, getting on the podium. Uh, Trey Corser in uh, fourth. Robbie Rolfo in fifth. Uh, Fabrizio uh, didn't really see much of him in the race. Uh, but he ended up sixth. Neukirker seventh, uh, Nieto in eighth, Smertz in ninth, and Laconi tenth. So yeah, and then da down through the way. Um, I was talking to my friend Tom Pinky out in California uh, last night, and he seemed to think the reason Toslin lost the race is he thought he had enough of a lead uh, coming out of the chicane that he was sort of lifting the front wheel in a in a, in a small wheelie, and that killed his drive. I'm not buying all of that i don't know i think just bayless decided that he wasn't going to lose and uh kind of willed himself to that win but 
your, you know, as I said, feedback, rumblestripradio at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. So your standings are Toesland still out on top, drawing himself out a nice bit of a lead, uh, 196 to 164 over Biagi. Uh, Noriyuki Haga in third place with 144. Troy Bayless in fourth with 128. Troy Corster 114. My boy Ruben in uh, fifth place with 99. Actually, he was after race one, he was in fifth place, but uh, going out in race two pushed him back to sixth. He's ahead of Lanzi by one point. Uh, Neukirker in eighth, Rolfel in ninth, and uh, Fabrizio is in tenth place. Your manufacturer standings, Honda out on front with 205. Ducati 173, Yamaha 167, Suzuki 164, and then Kawasaki with only 69. The Supersport race, um, uh, bits and pieces of it pretty good. Uh, Foray, obviously, <laughs> wrong uh, wrong lap to make the bonsai run there, trying to trying to get around. Um, was was a great move, just. It, one one lap too soon, so you're uh, and then for a while it actually looked like it was going to be a ten kata sweep of the of the podium, but then uh, Charpentier um, just faded. I mean he's recovering from a pretty big injury, so uh, but at the end, uh, Ken and Safagalu domination there at the end. He just he's on a mission this year, uh, taking a win by uh, a, a hair over four seconds over Andrew Pitt, also uh, on the ten kata, and then uh, like I said, Foray. Last spot on the podium there. And then uh, Veneman in fourth, uh, Salomon in fifth, Charpentier ended up finishing sixth, Cheka in seventh, uh, Calio in eighth, uh, Gugliano in ninth, and Steve Martin in tenth. So um, they had a bit of a rough weekend, but uh, ended up in tenth, so not bad. Uh, call out to Canadian Chris Paris, who finished uh, just out of the points in 16th spot, um, three tenths. Um, Back from Ari Voss, who's a uh, who's a Dutchman, and uh, so Paris in 16th just missed out on points. So unfortunate for Chris. Uh, your points, as I said, Cannon beginning to run away with this thing with 120 points. Foray in second with 67. Fujiwara in third with 43. Uh, Pitt, he's run two races, two second places, 40 points. Already got himself in fourth place and and threatening third. Uh, Robin Harms, who's going to be out for another couple races, I believe, in fifth. Uh, Veneman in sixth. Uh, Nanelli in seventh. Rokelli in eighth. Brock Parks ninth. And Pierre Reba in tenth. So that was your um, World Supersport. And I think the, only, the other thing... Really, oh, Haga in, in race one. We do... I'm sorry. It's a good thing I wrote this down. Race one, uh, Haga was phenomenal. Again, starting out in, in, as I said, in 15th spot, was up to seventh place, I believe, by the end of lap one, and then just started carving through people. Uh, so to go from 15th to second, it was, uh, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. That's a, that's really a fantastic weekend. All right, let's hear from uh, another guy in the uh, in the MPG crew, and then we will uh, talk about the AMA at Fontucky. Calling all Canadians, do you ride a bike on the back of a bike or daydream about either one? Do you like to lumber along on a Sunday morning or scrape your pegs in the twisties? Do you like to dodge sand dunes or ford rivers? Well, if you answered yes to any of the above, then why not give a listen to the Twisted Wrist podcast? The Twisted Wrist is the first podcast dedicated to the Canadian rider from a Canadian perspective. 
So why not toss on your jacket and gloves, lace up your boots, strap on your lid, and plug into the Twisted Wrist. Your ticket to Northern Adventure is at twistedwrist.blogspot.com. The Twisted Wrist, podcasting with a mouthful of bugs. All right, so AMA at Fontucky. Now, I've only seen the two superbike races. I do not know if uh, Speed actually has even broadcast any of the support races. They weren't on on Tuesday. They obviously weren't on on Sunday. So uh, I guess what I can say about the superbike races, uh, race one was uh, was a decent race, but uh, Ben Spee's kind of at the end, you know, he's, well, not necessarily at the end, but uh, bottom line, he decided to step up after what Maladin did uh, at at Barber, kind of reasserting himself strongly and responded and responded well. He, you know, Matt out front early, Ben uh, followed around, then, then finally got around him, stretched out a lead and, you know, I'm not going to say comfortable. Yeah, actually, basically a comfortable win. Um, but it's still Suzuki 1-2 domination, and everyone else is kind of, you know, trying to follow. They're basically, it seems like everyone else, as I said, a barber has stepped up to where Suzuki was last year. Unfortunately, Suzuki didn't sit still. They've made yet another step up, so we'll see what happens here. But race one, Spees, Maladin, Ibaz, so good weekend for him. We figured he'd do well. Tommy Hayden, uh, looking better. Finally, I think he's finally starting to get the handle on the, on the Suzuki in fourth. Miguel in fifth, Jake in sixth, Yates in seventh, Raj in eighth, um, Jason DeSalvo in ninth, and uh, nice call out to Matt Lynn on the MV Augusta in uh, tenth spot. Unfortunately, race two on Sunday wasn't so kind. Hacking in eleventh, uh, and then uh, we get into the privateers. Race two, probably one of the best superbike races in a very long time. Um, maybe not quite as much passing as you'd like to see, but that's sort of the California Speedway. There was some uh, some passing going on, some very good passing going on, a lot of uh, really, really nice moves through traffic on on Maladin's part. And uh, at the line, Maladin just nipping speeds. That was, it was a great race. It was one of those things I'm like, yeah, girlfriend's like, I'm hungry, let's go to dinner. Come on, let's go, let's go. I'm like, the race is almost over. Come on, we just let me... Let me watch this. And literally, as soon as the race was over, she's clicking off TV like, we're out of here. I'm hungry. Let's go. Of course, I think the race was over at 7 o'clock or something. It was late. So, anyways. Uh, so, race two, a um, lot like race one, with um, except Maladin, Spees, Bostrom. So, same same crew on, on the podiums, a little bit different order. Uh, once again, Tommy Hayden in fourth. Zemke steps up to uh, fifth spot, beating out of his... Uh, teammate Miguel in sixth, Raj a little bit better run in seventh, Hacking again a better run in eighth, uh, Yates in ninth, and Salvo in tenth, uh, Doug Chandler in eleventh. So nice to see uh, Chandler having having some uh, good results. Uh, Ellison in twelfth, and Curtis Roberts who ended up getting lapped in thirteenth. That's just got to piss Kurt, Curtis off so to no end. Um, I just can't believe that Curtis can't get a quality ride. I mean he's. Won a couple AMA championships. He's a solid rider, very quick rider. He's won superbike races, for God's sake. Whatever. Uh, Spees, 173 in your standings. Um, 11 points out on Maladin, or I'm sorry, 9 points out on Maladin at uh, 164. Duhamel then 141. Tommy Hayden 130. Zemke 126. Yates in 6 at 119. Ebaz 116. Uh, DeSalvo in 8th, 114. 
Um, Jamie Hacking in ninth with 90, and Raj one point back in 10th with 89. Um, like I said, any of the support races have not seen anything. Uh, Josh Hayes, another Formula Extreme win uh, over his partner, uh, partner over his teammate uh, Aaron Gobert, and Larry Pegram, podium for the Ducati. So that was very cool. Uh, Chaz Davies in fourth. So good to see the uh, the Englishman up there on the on the Celtic bike or Celtic bike, whichever you prefer. Uh, Michael Barnes, M4M Go Suzuki in fifth. Steve Rapp in uh, sixth spot. I'd expected um, a little better from Steve, but some guys have stepped up and maybe got just a, a bit more power. Uh, Barrett Long in seventh. Jason Perez eighth. Jeremy Toy ninth. And Kenny uh, Carlotta in tenth. Bobby Fong from the Safety First Racing um, in uh, 11th, so good for him. And Scotty Ryan in 17th from that team as well. Your points is uh, Hayes. Josh is out by uh, 10 points over Steve, one, uh, 101 to 91. Barney back in third with 71, so 20 points back a wrap. Uh, Aaron Gobert, 64 points in fourth. Laurie Pagram in fifth spot with 61. Chaz Davies, 54 points in sixth. Uh, Bobby Fong um, tied with Chaz Davies. And um, um, Anthony with 52, Ryan Ellaby with 47, and Day with 42. So a couple guys, just don't know who they are, sorry. Uh, Super Sport Hacking comes back, recovers from the big barber crash, takes the win over Hay- uh, Josh Hayes and Raj, uh, finishes up the podium, wrap in, uh, in fourth, so three uh, Kawasaki's out of the top four. That's very impressive. Uh, Michael Barnes in fifth, Tommy Hayden sixth, Jeff May seventh, Danny Eslick in eighth. Hello to Sarah Walker. Uh, Chaz Davies ninth, and Corey West in tenth. And points. Quickly, let's give you the top five. Uh, Josh on top with 96, Raj 92, Steve uh, Rap 80, Tommy Hayden 79, and Barney 72. That's your top five. Stock, uh, just give you the top few here. Spees, uh, Jake Holden, Aaron Yates, Ben Bostrom, Jeff May, uh, Danny Eslick. That is your top six. And I don't have, they don't list the points here, but uh, your super stock standings are Spees, Yates, Bostrom, May, Eslick, Young, Chris Ulrich. A lot of controversy going on with uh, around Chris and, and that race, I believe. Uh, stop and go penalty and some other stuff going on. So you can uh, check that all out at roadracingworld.com. I will say I did get to watch part uh, race two of the uh, British Superbike from Silverstone. Some interesting racing going on. Commentary, a little brutal. Um, not as bad as the AMA, but not too far. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Sorry. Just reminding myself. We go from probably one of the best announcers we've had in AMA Superbike Racing with Lee Diffie. Unfortunately, he had to go do the uh, the uh, Grand Sham race at uh, VIR. And so we got, uh, I guess he does the truck series um, on speed. So I don't know that the guy had ever seen a motorcycle race before in his life. He was... Well, he wasn't Greg White, but maybe just a little bit better. So, um, Kianari, yeah, Kianari did win race two. Uh, Lavia, Ray, Walker, 
So, anyway, it was kind of interesting just to see. Um, not a lot of people in the stands. I figured it would have been a little, little bit better for uh, for the Brits, but hey, is what it is. So, uh, racing from uh, around the world. Uh, MotoGP. Well, let's um, yeah, let's hear from one more of the uh, uh, MotoGP crew and our MotoGP crew, uh, MPG crew. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk quickly about uh, Shanghai, and then uh, we'll get to Toby. So here we go. Oops, might help if I uh, actually hit the right button. Two hundred and forty horsepower, two hundred miles per hour, two wheels with no roll cage. This is the world of motorcycle road racing, the pinnacle of motorsport. I'm Bob Hayes, host of MotoGP OD, the podcast about motorcycle road racing. Tune in each week as we discuss what's happening in MotoGP, World Superbike, and AMA racing. Race reports, tech talk, opinion, reader email, we have it all. Just go to www.motogpod.com and subscribe. All right, so MotoGP is at Shanghai this weekend. And uh, we talk a little bit about this with Toby, but uh, and I and I made this comment. Well, I'll, you can hear the comment in the in the interview. Uh, just a little bit of a joke of what everyone was expecting to be, a, in a sense, a Ducati runaway. Apparently, the Japanese have stepped up a little bit this weekend, and we'll see how that pans out uh, throughout the weekend. But you were expecting a Ducati runaway, may not end up being that way. Like I said, hard to hard to say how it's going to sort out. But uh, with that, let's. Um, yeah, let's go talk to Toby. All right, joining us here on uh, Rumble Strip Radio, I am uh, very, very excited to have our uh, our next guest. He is the voice of MotoGP on Eurosport, which is seen in many parts of the world, unfortunately not here in the U.S. Um, I have uh, with us Toby Moody. Toby, thanks for joining us here on Rumble Strip Radio. How are you doing today? I'm cool, thank you. Cool, thank you. Yeah, enjoying a bit of very early summer sunshine here in the UK. And uh, so everyone with the pasty white skin is out in the sun? <laughs> Isn't that the joke? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think even my legs came out of the weekend, which uh, I'm sure made a few pigeons do some nosedives <laughs> when I took the dog for a walk. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. No, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool, but we'll probably get... Uh, We'll probably get a month's worth of rain in about two days, probably. But um, we shouldn't talk about the weather being English. No, 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 no. <laughs> so uh, MotoGP season going on right now. First two races were interesting, but we go to Istanbul for the for the third round, and and we get what we usually get at Istanbul. A absolutely tremendous race. I mean, you were front and center for. Uh, a great battle in, in MotoGP. That had to just be. I mean, well, listening to you and Julian call the race was just was just amazing. Yes, it's um, it's a bizarre place. I mean, one of the things I said during uh, practice on on Eurosports was yeah. it prob that the, the circuit is probably not a purist's circuit because it's got a silly end to the lap. So if it was a track day circuit, you know, it wouldn't be a Spa Francorchamps. It wouldn't be a Nordisch Life original Nurburgring. But ironically, for racing, it gives us brilliant racing because of that silly Mickey Mouse enter the racetrack, and that really did give us okay a bit of a bad first lap for four people who went skittling down the road. 
but it gave us some tremendous overtaking in all in all of the classes, particularly the last lap and 250. Yep. And indeed, uh, the last sort of gasp manoeuvre with Barros trying to pass Loris Caparossi for third in the big in the big class. It, it's it's a bizarre place. It's a, it's a nice circuit. It's a nice place to work at. And yet you go downtown and there's 18 million people all trying to fit in a space where only about 10 would normally fit downtown Istanbul. But it's uh, it's a nice place and it's it's a shame if we don't go back there with Mudder GP. But that's stuff that's way, way too political and over the top of our heads, isn't it? Yeah, just a, just a bit. And then uh, the next round is a, is another track that may or may not be on the schedule after, after this year, heading off to uh, Shanghai, I would imagine, in a, in a day or two here. Yes, yes. I'm uh, I'm packing uh, tomorrow to go to Shanghai. I, I I'm unaware of the, the of the politics about why we do or don't go there, but it's uh, that's a it's almost an, it's an embarrassment of riches. The Shanghai circuit. I mean, it is just enormous. The the two sort of bridges that go over the racetrack on the start finish line. And they're something like a hundred foot high. The commentary box is even taller than the bridges. Uh, it's overlooked by a great big grandstand that makes Barcelona look like a... The grandstand there look like a very small place indeed. It is just immense. Even if you put something like 80,000 people in it, it would still look empty. It's probably a bit like your, your Indianapolis circuit. What, what's that did you tell me the other day? 400,000 seats. You could put 100 in that, and it still, look em- still looks empty. Yeah. But... Um, there's a lot of people living in China, sixth of the world's population. It's a lot of people for that. Yep, but uh, apparently they charge quite a bit to get in there, but I guess they got to pay mm. for that circuit somehow. <laughs> they have, but it's, it gives us good racing. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it because of that long straight, longest in the championship. Hopkins had a good run last year. Rossi had his problems with his tires. The Ducatis, of course, are, they're like just dragsters and rocket ships at the moment. So... If Hoffman gets his act in order, it should be Ducati one, two, three, four. But I don't think uh, I don't think the Japanese are going to let that happen. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, I was I was wondering if the uh, in honor in sort of semi honor of uh, May Day and, and Ducatis and the in the tradition of red, if, if we're going to have the Ducati lanes at Shanghai and and they'll be painted in red, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casey, this way, please. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll have a policeman at the beginning of the of the uh, of the back straight. You know, Ducati's this way. All the Japanese, oh, you pesky so-and-so's go the other way. You know. Yep. Exactly. Mm. Um, Want to uh, take a peek down at the 250 class with you, real quick? Um, have you been surprised by the performance of Batista this year? I'm I'm about his number one fan. He is, he is, he is something else. In my view, he's got the package of being literally another Rossi. Yes, he's quick. There are lots of other people that are quick out there, but he's got character and he's got that sort of it's only a motorcycle race attitude. And that's, I believe, why one of the reasons that Valentino Rossi is quick is because if it doesn't work out, yeah, he's a bit narked about it, but he just gets on with life. There's too many other people like Lorenzo who get in a right tiz about it and start chucking their helmet around the place like it's a bowling ball, don't speak to anybody for, for half a week and get in a right tiz if they finish third. It's like, come on, we're not, we're not finding a cure for AIDS here. <laughs> sure, it's important and sure, you've got to look through it through, through race, into racing through the eyes of a racer, but he, he, Bautista's just, just got it sussed and he's so 
flipping quick, isn't he? He just jumps on the thing and does it. That's so so Rossi-esque, which is exactly what Rossi did when he came as a 250 in 99. He just does it. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. I can't tell you. He's such a nice guy about these days. At the uh, the race at at Hareth, I, I I've shown that to uh, to three people who don't uh, f- from the U.S. who don't obviously don't get your feed, um, and and the the ten laps or so that uh, the battle between Batista and and uh, Lorenzo and um, uh, yeah Dovi, um, some of the best some of the best racing ever, and you guys I don't know you guys were getting slap happy just like I can't believe he just did that I can't believe he just did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> That was the best race of the day, and it was it was one of the best 250s for a while. So hopefully we we are returning to the good old 250 races that and the good the last sort of golden era, which I believe happened for good close racing, 97, 98 or so. Yep. The Haradas, the Rosses, the Kappa Rosses, uh, the Jacks, the Biaggis. They they were good days, good close days. They were. So yep. we should be we should be returning to that those. Uh, those kind of close races, close finishes. Yeah, the um, especially the, I, I thought it was somewhat illustrated by the by the battle for I don't know third to seventh and eighth even maybe ninth. Um, are we seeing as deep a field in MotoGP as we have in in maybe wow maybe over a decade? You mean the closeness of it? Yeah, and and guys who have a legitimate shot to to be on a podium and and even throw in one or two wins a year. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've known Alex Barros a long time, and he is another exceptionally nice guy, and I want him to do well, and it's good to see him back. And I did say before the season started, he'll be on a podium. I didn't quite think he'd be on the podium <laughs> at a dry race. I thought it would be a wet race and maybe a, a few people out at the first corner. Now, admittedly, half of that might have happened in Turkey with three people on the deck and Vermeulen struggling at the back, so four people removed. But Alex is strong in the... In, in, and, and Alex Barros, that is. Yes. Uh, Vermeulen would have been there. He did a hero's job, and it's only really after the broadcast that you find out how well he did. Foot peg, ru- foot peg rubbing on the swing arm, uh, bodywork flapping away, uh, annoyed, angry, and there was something else that was, that was bent. <laughs> um, and he still did the fastest lap of the race on the penultimate lap. It, it, it should be close. We're only three races into 18. Hareth was boring, yes. unfortunately. It wasn't a good race. They crossed the line on the end of lap one. Colin, Danny, sorry, Rossi, Danny, Colin, and it finished that way 20-something laps later. It was, a, it was a, quite a shock. So it's quite good to go to these places where the tyre companies haven't had too much knowledge in 800 formula, as we saw in Turkey as we're going to see in China, as we will probably see in Le Mans. And don't forget that we've got some new rules this season whereby these teams cannot even send a MotoGP bike to a track before the circus actually comes to town. Because last year there were some wicked people sending bikes to the track before we turned up for the race, and it was all a bit secret squirrel. So that that element has been removed removed and taken away from the tire manufacturers. So they really are taking a bit of a stab in the dark. And it's it's interesting that people are now returning to racetrack exactly 12 months after they had been there with a new motorcycle, with a new family and generation of tires. 
that they just really have no idea how they're going to work. And, of course, the limitation on tyres that they can use through the weekend, 31. Yep, and um, I believe it was you guys who were talking about this over the, over the weekend at Turkey, is that um, this hurts Michelin more than Bridgestone because Bridgestone's used to guessing ahead of time, shipping uh, several containers to the track and being ready, where Michelin was used to flying in a set of tires every night. Correct. They would get Friday data in Barcelona, go back to central France in Clermont-Ferrand, make a tire overnight Friday, and a wheezing Renault Fuego would sort of <laughs> arrive into the paddock on a Saturday morning and go, here is a tire from Friday's two hours of, of practice. Ditto Saturday night, the tire would arrive Sunday morning. But as Jerry Burgess says, sometimes that's, that's that's get, you're, getting a bit, you're getting a bit too clever for yourself, and you then start masking problems with the bike with, a, with an overnight tire. Yep. And see, Plus, of course, it just, it just wasn't fair on, on the Japanese. Sure, sure. See, uh, see Yamaha a little bit last year masking chassis with tire. This year, Honda's got that problem, it seems. So. Well, Honda haven't got any grunt, have they? <laughs> that, too. Um, although, don't tell Tony, uh, Tony Elias that. <laughs> That's very true. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. But seriously, there's something wrong with, with that Honda. I mean, I can't believe that it hasn't got any grunt because you know as well as anybody, you don't buy a Honda that hasn't got any grunt. Exactly. Mr. Honda said people don't buy a, a motorcycle that breaks down and people don't buy a slow motorcycle. Yep, exactly. What, what the, the, I think this was a quote from Rob Muzzy from 15 years ago. He says, aren't all great handling motorcycles tend to be a little slow? You know, that's the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. knock, something. Yeah. It was something along those lines. It was one of those quotes I <laughs> semi-remember but thought was, you know, very perceptive. Um, mm. I wonder if Honda have got, got themselves in a bit of a twist. It, I don't know what you think. I mean, maybe, maybe they've been caught on the back foot because if they're going through the list, you know what they're like. Yep. The Japanese are all the same. They've got a list, 100 points, and they are at point number 25, and it says make the front end work for most of the riders, yeah. mainly, of course, poor old Nicky and Melandry. Point number 27 might be make engine go fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you put the engine above the chassis? But they've got a list and they've got to stick to it, and that's the way they're going to do it because they decided in committee that that's the list and that's the order in which they're going to do the development. But, of course, racers, as it were, like you and I, are going, yeah, but you're losing the championship because the red thing's going into the distance. Yep. The uh, the one that I've actually been impressed with a little bit, uh, especially uh, at uh, at Istanbul, was, was Kawasaki. I mean, the end of last year, they were, you know, didn't have a bike. They didn't have a motor that was even lasting on a dyno and testing. Here they are. Now they have a bike that seems to be pretty solid and a motor that, that has grunt and is you know, faster than a Honda right there with the Yamaha. Mm, that's very true. It's very true. That, that was very surprising in, uh, in Turkey. And good luck to them. They fell out with Eccle, as you know. Yep. And on November the 7th, they had one screwdriver to their name <laughs> in Europe. And we jokingly call it, between myself and uh, the team manager, Michael, Michael Bartomley, you know, the golden screwdriver. And they went out and they bought all of the tools, all of the trucks, a workshop, rehired the workforce, new contracts. The workforce built the trucks. They built the workshop. They made everything happen. So they've done a hell of a lot of work over the winter. And 
they're a nice they're a nice team to work with in the paddock. They're nice. There's a nice ambiance in that in that garage, and good luck to them. Good luck to them. Yep. On the on the flip side, from uh, from nothing to pretty good to front that uh, the flip side of that is from uh, potential to well, it's not quite officially 100% blown up. It's just 98% blown up. Uh, we got the press release today from officially from Illmore saying. Um, we're just going to sit back and develop the motors now. Oh, it's, it's just bizarre, bizarre. Mario rang me that Thursday and he said, we're uh, we're going to stop, we haven't got any money, da-di-da-di-da. I asked him straight in, a, in an on-the-record interview that I put up on the internet, and I said, Mario, you went to the first race in Qatar and you got back and on the Monday morning at 9 o'clock you looked into your bank account and you didn't have any money. Was that really true? And the answer's there and he didn't really answer it. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he, Maybe they did genuinely run out of money. The thing that I can't work out is... 50% of Ilmore Motors GP is owned by Mario Ilian, and the other 50% is owned by Roger Penske, mm-hmm. who, as you know, doesn't really lose much. No. Won the Indy 500. Uh, I don't know how he's doing with his NASCARs, but he's chipping away there. Built California Motor Speedway. Doesn't mess about. I wonder if he, if he rang up and said, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We Maybe the, the car engineer's underestimated the depth and um, of the whole mother gp thing i can't believe they did i just think it's very sad i'm disappointed i've been around the factory i've got to know mario a bit i can't say very well but a bit and i just think it's the change it's actually the last chance that the car people had in the bike world sure because Kenny got messed around by Tom Walkinshaw. The, Kenny then had Barnard, and it didn't really work. And the third chance, Ilmore, for whatever reason, whatever reason, didn't work. And, you know, once is bad luck, twice is... No, once is... You want, uh, what's the saying? Once is, once is bad luck, twice is coincidence, three is war. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the things I learned when I was young, and it's very, it seems to seems to ring true. Ironically, that the, the three or four car people that work in Motor GP, one of them is Alan Jenkins, who helps engineer the Ducati, package and design the Ducati. Not only the 1098, but the road bike, the racing road bike that was launched in Mugello last year, mm-hmm. and the current Grand Prix bike. He used to engineer at McLaren, and he used to then work for Roger Penske, and he then went and did some other Formula One cars. And the other two guys, uh, the suspension guys, who have come from rallying from Mitsubishi when they were winning the World Rally Championship with Tommy Mackinnon, and the Olin suspension guys have come from England, and they are the suspension guys, Mike Norton, who is at Yamaha with, with Valentino, and Andy Dawson, who's at Ducati, and they're not doing a bad job, are they? No, no, not not bad. But of course, they're names that people don't really know. So I think they need some credit where it's due because they've got their head down. Yeah. So there's only really three people that, that absolutely stand out. The other ones, Tom Tom Jozic from Team Roberts, he used to work on some Le Mans cars and at BAR 
Formula One before it turned into Honda. And he's, of course, chief engineer for Kenny Jr. Nice. Very nice. So, hey, I, uh, I know we're a little pressed on time. I've got a couple couple quick questions I want to toss at you for your, um, for your thoughts. Um, okay. The big one, I think, uh, it, uh, for me, and, and I put this kind of question out in, in last week's show, <clears throat> do you think Valentino Rossi is, is losing his edge um, on, on a couple levels? One, uh, the new breed of riders isn't necessarily intimidated by him. And two, he's been successful for so long and um, had so much success that it's it's become commonplace. And now he kind of becomes a bit, uh, well, I'm Valentino. I'm entitled to. The human cetera, body is used to routine. And when you, don't, when you don't do what you normally do, it's a bit of a shock to the system. He, you know, this actually goes back to... 13 months ago when he got knocked off at the first corner at Jerez or even at practice when he qualified nowhere the the Yamaha isn't as good as it was and although it may have well may well have gone forward the Ducati has just gone a great mile forward Casey is quicker than Loris Casey is the quickest package at the moment in the world he is leading the world championship and Casey just turns it up and he doesn't give a monkeys and he just does it. <laughs> he does it. And he really has got something special. He's not, you know, he doesn't, you know, look at him. He doesn't start doing a, a Lorenzo sort of macho boxer kind of, I've won the race and he's, and he's got a bit of a no smiling face. Casey just says, well, I, I, I did it. You know, what's so difficult about it? I think that's the difference between a 21-year-old and a 20, help me out here, 28-year-old Valentino. I think Valentino is just getting a little bit older. Valentino jumped on a plane 12 years ago, starting the Grand Prix World Championship in 125. He hasn't jumped off that plane. It must be, I'm not joking, he must be getting a weeny bit tired of the whole rigmarole. I mean, you know, I do all the races... And it can catch up with you now and again, and all of a sudden you sort of fall over, you know, at eight o'clock at night and think, oh, why am I tired? Because you've travelled around the planet and it all catches up with you. But Valentino and all the mechanics and all of the other riders and all of the other people in the team, they do they do about half a season before the season starts with testing. Yep, absolutely. And he's done that in the big class. Came into the big class in two thousand. So here he is. He's in his eighth season. Plus the 250s before then for a couple of season, seasons. Bit, bit, bit less testing than they do now, but yeah. still quite a lot. And Valentino's not the jet setter living in Monaco, being seen in the nice restaurants in L.A. No, he just wants to be on a boat in Ibiza, sitting by the pool, and relaxing. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's just getting a bit... Oh, I need a bit of a break from it. And, by he, definition, you, you're not as quick when you're 28 as when you are 21. Yeah, a little, little wiser, a little slower. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rossi needs the, uh, the max vacation, take a year off, find your mojo again, and find the happiness in racing. Hey, he'll still win five half a dozen races. You know I mean? yeah, he'll no cream Le Mans. Rossi doesn't win Le Mans, something's wrong. If he doesn't win Donington, something's wrong. Yeah. Saxon ring, something's wrong. Let's get out of these quick tracks. China, Mugello, Catalonia. When we get into some wiggly tracks, Donington, Asanish, Saxon Ring, Laguna, 
if that Ducati starts winning at those latter four races, well, pff, the Japanese have got some work to do. Yeah. But the Yamaha, as always, should go round the corners. And he proved that at Jerez. So it's going to be a close season, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this thing how this thing pans out. So, hey, Toby, I know your time is uh, tight here. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here on uh, Rumble Strip Radio. And uh, no worries. Ho- hopefully we can catch up with you again later in the season, get you back on. Yeah, no worries. Well, just keep in touch. Uh, I'm going to China in a couple of days. I'll be there Thursday morning. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll speak after to China or, or whatever. Sounds great. Thanks, okay. to- Thanks, Toby. Take care. So once again, thank you very, very much to Toby Moody for taking the time to uh, to talk to us here at Rumble Strip Radio, and it very much sounds like we'll be talking to him again in the in the very near future. And if we can get Toby to be a regular contributor on the show, it will please me to to no end. So, um, I don't. Know, I guess with that, uh, like I said, a little bit crunched on time today. I apologize if it seems a bit rushed and a bit discombobulated. No major thing to, to uh, no crusade this weekend, um, other than to say, uh, to continue on with the, go over to speedtv.com forward slash feedback and, uh, and send some stuff, send something to Speed saying, we want Lee Diffie, because now we're going to be stuck with Ralphie Boy for the rest of the year. Ugh. Oh, geez, how did I forget this? MotoGP is going to be on CBS. I should have said this in the news. This, yeah. Um, I, I think ABC is still going to end up doing the US GP on some kind of tape delayed basis or, you know, week delayed basis. But uh, apparently CBS is going to be doing three races for MotoGP. Uh, they will be doing Barcelona, Assen, and well, Barcelona is the Catalonia GP, um, north of Barcelona, actually, about 45 minutes. North, east, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Saxon Ring as well. Not sure who the play-by-play guy is. It just said somebody from CBS. And then Kevin Schwantz will be doing um, the color or the race analysis, you know, be the racer, race analysis guy. Uh, I'm sure they will be, you know, in a studio here back in the U.S., not um, not at the track doing it, just the way the things are typically done like that. We'll see. Anyways, with that, uh, I am going to get out of here. And we'll let you know that Rumble Strip Radio is a production of Raul Duke Media LLC and is protected under Creative Commons license. Some rights are reserved. Outro music for today. Well, maybe how everyone, maybe how Ducati was, you know, the attitude they had going into uh, to Shanghai. Maybe not the way that it's going to end up being, but uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, let everyone know about the show. Like I said, as always, burn your friends a CD if they haven't heard the show so they can listen to it in their car or, you know, Post them the link to uh, to over to the website so they can download. Again, please subscribe to the show either through iTunes or through the RSS feed. So until I uh, talk to you again next week, and I promise it won't be so late in the week, I do promise I will get it at the show out earlier next week. Have fun, be good, and most importantly, keep it on two wheels. We'll see you soon. Call it, Shane.
places We in speak, I speak For my lesson, learning Virginia And I'm smiling a line of fire Go wild and put us on things and drugs Even violence What you do, get your head ready Instead I get it physically sweaty When I get mad, put it down on the pad Give you something that you never had Controlling, fear of high rolling God bless your soul and keep living Never allow, kicking it loud Dropping a bomb, brain game, intellectual being Now move as a team, never move alone Well, welcome to the Terror Dome. <laughs> Yo, look at you. Look at you now. You ain't want to lose this for me. Now look at you. Silly doo-doo. Wow. <laughs> Boing.